Mumble. Hello. 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 I know. Let's tell all these people and all the things that you could say. It doesn't really matter. It's all of them. They're there. Hello, friends, and welcome into your weekly Linux talk show. My name is Chris. My name is Wes. And my name is Brent. Jeff's here. Hey, say hello, Jeff. Oh, hello. Hello, guys. Very excited to be here for episode 500. Coming up, we have two very special announcements for you today in the show. We'll start with the biggest announcement, the biggest news of this show's life. We'll do that up front so you don't have to wait for it. Well, mostly up front. So you don't have to wait for it. (laughs) That's true. I've been gunning to go. We're even recording a little early today because I'm so excited. Then we have a banner of a boost segment. So we're going to do a second announcement after the boost, and you're not going to want to miss it. Something new is coming. So stick around because we got a whole lot. I mean, some great boosts, incredible support from the audience some notes you won't want to miss, and two big news items. A lot to celebrate today. (sighs) Very stoked. So before we get into it, let's give a warm good morning to our friends over at Tailscale. A big 500 good morning. Tailscale.com. Mesh VPN protected by Wirecard. We love it. It'll change your networking game. I have no more inbound ports on my firewall. That's what Tailscale did for me. So go say good morning and try it out for 20 devices for free. That's not a limited time trial. Get it for 20 devices for free at tailscale.com. And if you get a chance, tell them the Unplugged program sent you. And we have a massive, massive virtual lug here. So before we go any further, we got to give a holler to the Internet's very best Linux users group. Time appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Hello, everybody. Hello, friends. Hello. Hello. Chris, did you mention I have to mention the numbers because it's really cool. So we have 21 people in the on-air room and in total, including quite listening, we have 35 people in. So that's really cool. That's really cool. It's so great, isn't it? It's so it's so fantastic. Real-time, Opus streaming, all free software stack. I think it's a huge thanks to Minimac, too, who's just endlessly there helping support new users who come to Mumble and just helping everybody stay organized and clean audio so thank you so much thank you i feel honored thank you and of course the mumble room is open every sunday that we're doing the show and you're always welcome to participate we have a couple of uh, a couple of items to get into today and we thought to help celebrate the 500th episode of the show we'd crack open the last of the lup 400 beer which we have been saving for 100 episodes <laughs> and we've been waiting to sip on it to see how it's doing i checked in on it over over the months but i have not had some for a while brentley are you, you have yours are you ready over there well i don't have any because i'm allergic but i'll have okay. that uh, you can have I'll, the next I'll have that champagne right, good so it's just you and me then indeed all right all right cheers here you go with cheers buddy i'm really hoping it's not bad oh it's fantastic that is a fantastic beer still it's sweeter than i remember mm-hmm. and it's um 
Definitely a little milder on the carbonation now. Yeah, we could probably uh, stand up that a bit. I'd say, though, the carbonation's no milder than the cider I had last night. You it's know. still, it's just pleasant to drink. It's got a nice taste to it. And, and plenty of booze. Kind of like, almost like a, kind of a dark, now that it's sitting on the tongue, it's almost got kind of like a little bit of a, a dark chocolate note to it. Yeah, like a little roasted flavor, too. Yeah, oh, maybe it's more roasted than I'm getting. It's a, kind of, it's nice. It's pleasant. Well, now I just feel like I'm missing out. You can absolutely have a little sip if you want. I mean, uh, yeah, I would actually. Yeah, all right. You, know, you want here? You, Wes is close. Right. Let's share germs real quick. Yeah, just give yourself a little. Just a, let's give it a good sniff. Oh, the nose on is fabulous. I know. I'm really proud of this beer. It's really wow. Held up. That's really great. At 400 was a hoot. If you haven't listened, where we uh, make these beers using Linux, of course. Well, of course. That's actually really great. Isn't it fantastic? Jeez, you guys, you make good brew. Yeah, I, I think it was mostly Wes. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a team effort. Yeah, well, Kadia yeah, was right. there. She played That's a true. big part. The wife helped too. Uh, that is absolutely true. Well, we also are celebrating with a little bit of champagne. Jeff brought us something special from California. Hand me the bottle there, Wes, if you would, so I can show it. I can see why you're inspired, Jeff. Tell us the name of this uh, this bottle. Well, I believe it says uh, Butter FS. <laughs> yeah, I think the FS looks like maybe it was added, but it was added with style, I have to say. So we're drinking a little Butter FS champagne uh, on LUP 500 today. Don't worry, we're not going to get sloppy. We're, 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 we'll be fine. We'll behave. But cheers, gentlemen. Yeah. And uh, hey, thanks, Jeff. And thanks for all your hard work we're going to talk some more about today. Oh, yeah. Yes. And yes, we've, we have been working on major projects for our server infrastructure and upgrades. Uh, some big stuff. And uh, if you're coming to the show today expecting a real whopper for uh, Linux content, uh, maybe you want something... That's really going to change your networking game. Uh, you could probably come back uh, next week because I have a philosophy that Brent reminded me has been in place since episode 100 on this show. And uh, I want to take you back to, uh, well, geez, can you believe it? 400 episodes ago? Does that even seem possible? That's really mm, crazy. No. I hadn't really thought about the magnitude of that, but I want to take you back um, 400 episodes ago where I explained my philosophy around big episode milestones. to believe a lot of people like they would try to go they try to have like a big bang for their 100th episode you know they try to do something big naturally but i feel like no 100 should be your low point like you, you should if you can make 100 worse than episode one so that way nobody says man they really peaked at episode 100 that's right like you can say boy i feel like at episode 100 like they got their second win so i think we just got to make a horrible show today and we're fine and i think you know it was not quite that philosophy today but this show is going to be a little more nasal gaving than normal but let's start with uh Let's start with our big news and why it's such big news. And to do that, I actually kind of have to rewind the clock, wow, to more than 20 years ago now. A young lad in high school, just graduating and getting into the industry. And I started attending an event here in the Pacific Northwest called Linux Fest Northwest. The first couple of times I went, I went with my high school teacher, I think, and then also my girlfriend at the time, Angela, who of course later became wife number one. And uh, she, I remember she would go with me and help me take notes because I would be, I, at the time I would attend the talks. So I would pay attention to the talk and then she was helping me by taking notes of all the highlights of the talk. So then I could, it was really great. And I would use that to really kind of inform like what I was doing at work and stuff. And then through that, I started building a network with people in the community. And it was a really pivotal, I guess I would say resource in my career and also in the podcast. Later on, as life went on, you know, we started doing meetups there and live shows there and doing 
all kinds of crazy adventures trying to get things working to use Linux to stream live from a floor and deal with bad Wi-Fi. And a lot of our staff here at JB has deep connections to Linux Fest. Brantley, I know for you, it's, it's really how we met you. It, you know, your story here on the show goes back to Linux Fest. Linux Fest Northwest 2018, I think is the one, I think is the one I was at. <laughs> it's such a blur now, but I decided because I heard you, Chris and Noah, and certainly community members say, this is the Linux event to go to. And I did not live anywhere close at the time. I lived uh, in Ontario at the time, which is totally the opposite end of the continent. And I thought, I need to go to this event. This might just change things for me. And it turns out it did. And it was magical. I met so many great people. Jeff and I met there, actually. That was great. And uh, it turns out now I'm sitting here again. So <laughs> thank you, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That, we're going to get back to that first moment on the show. I think I, that'd be a fun moment to play. Uh, but it was made possible because of Linux Fest. Maybe you want to play it now? You want to play it now? I think let's talking? do it. It's, this, is, uh, this goes a bit back into the show's history. A connection, I feel like, that was made possible because of Linux Fest. Brent, let's not go any further without, without addressing the elephant in the room. You're not Wes. Uh, I think I sound a little different. He and I, he's probably the Seattle version of me. Um, <laughs> I wasn't maybe gonna... I'm the Northern Ontario version of him. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't, but that is so true. So I'm really glad you said it because you, you guys are like, if I ever travel to Ontario, you're my guy, Brent. You're like my guy. And if anybody ever travels to Seattle, like Wes should be their guy, not me, but Wes. Uh, but he's out like, uh, it, like driving around the Pacific Northwest right now. And you hit me up and you said, hey, I'd love to join you on the show and I, it was just the timing worked out perfectly and the audience might remember Brent because he was on the show uh, ages ago during Linux Fest Northwest talking about his uh, photography workflow on Linux and Brent since you've done that episode I've probably gotten an email a week asking how can I how can I make that switch so it seems to be an area pro photography where we're picking up a lot of users on the Linux side episode 255 yeah you know the plug program there that was June 2018, just a couple months after we met, Chris. Yeah. And uh, you, out of nowhere, I think, surprisingly to me anyways, asked me to host uh, with you, which was such a such a gift to me. And it lasted something like seven weeks. I don't know, Wes, I don't think you were traveling that long. And we all three co-hosted. But um, that was a real treat. So thank you for that. I think that was like your... Um Remember your 200 series bender, you know, that's probably that happens. <laughs> you got to celebrate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, Jeff, if you have a particular memory from Linux fest that strikes you. I mean, I have so many. Um, so actually being with Brent at that time, when we met the first time we were both standing in front of the booth, just kind of in awe while you guys were doing what I'm guessing was uh last. Mm -hmm. Jeff was literally the first person I met at Linux fest Northwest. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then, so Brent was actually smart, though, and had his phone connected to Mumble with headphones in so he can hear you. <laughs> and I'm standing there like, deaf yeah. as a bat, can't hear nothing. That's why it, it took us. So you were there before we figured out, oh, we need to put out speakers. Right. <laughs> it's Sorry, a loud Jeff. room. It's yeah. a loud room. No, it's, it's, it's still great. Yeah. JBLive.fm for that. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we did uh, one year, we did the Linux Switch Challenge, Noah and I, uh, uh, during Linux Fest. Running, that, running around that area. That was a crazy time. That was so much fun. And, you know, the thing I think that I really appreciate about it now more than ever, I didn't really grok it at the time, 
I knew it was community run, but like, what does that mean? Right. But this is genuinely a community run event. It's not a corporate run event. Um, there's not like a, a corporation that's going to make a profit on this. It's run by a lug and uh, they're volunteering in their evenings after work to organize it. And since COVID Linux Fest has had to be on pause and, you know, as things happen, as time goes on, some team members have retired, others have passed on leadership changes at the technical college where Linux Fest takes place of change, you know, it's just life, right? Just things move on. And April is fast approaching. Didn't look like we were going to have a Linux fest. And I'm, I'm grateful because uh, I have some connections with Bear and others that have been there for a long time and, you know, long time listeners. So Bear reached out uh, to us here at Jupiter Broadcasting about seven weeks ago and asked if we'd be interested in helping essentially save Linux fest from its ultimate demise. We immediately said yes. We had to. I mean, this is a very important fest. I've been to a lot of them, and I think this is absolutely, hands down, one of the best fests in the country. And I think it's also at one of the best venues. It's not a hotel. You know, it's not an event center. It's a technical college. So when you go to a talk, it's in a classroom with a projector and, like, seats, right? And there is an expo area because they have large rooms to hold large groups of students for booths. And it's a beautiful campus. And then it's held in Bellingham, Washington, which is a beautiful city in the Pacific Northwest with absolutely fantastic restaurants and breweries all throughout. And so it's a pretty special venue, it's a pretty special event, and it's structured in a way that's really special. And to see it die would have been one of the saddest things I have seen in the last few years. So we've been working with them and the team that remains for about six, seven weeks now to save Linux Fest and keep it going. Because we know how important it is to this community, to the market, and just really to, I think, networking, you know, just building that network. And for 20 years, it's just been one of the best events. And it's crazy to think I've been going for that long. I've been going since I was a child. So I am really thrilled to say that Linux Fest will be back in 2023. It'll run October 20th. To the 23rd, it'll be back at the Bellingham Technical College and it will be online. Everything's getting set up right now because this information is breaking as of today. Your fest is back and you can find out more details at 2023.linuxfestnorthwest.org. Now, here's my ask this is a huge job. We will be working heads down on this nonstop until it arrives in the fall. If it doesn't make it this year, I think Linux Fest is done. And I think that would be a very tragic loss for the Linux community. So my ask is, you've got some time to plan. Come hang out with us at Linux Fest in the fall. Come up to the Pacific Northwest. You can hang with the JB crew. You can come watch, I would imagine, LUP recorded live, because it's going to be on a Sunday. Let's do it. And uh, it's free. Attendance is free. Uh, they do ask that you could let them know you're coming because um, there may be some events you may want to know about, uh, but also so they can plan for swag and, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. You know, so sponsors know just all kinds of reasons, right? There's lots of reasons to know, but uh, you don't even have to if you don't want to. And um, they're going to make the registration process essentially gone now. So you can just show up and go so far. Well, things may change, right? It's early days, but we're really looking at ways to streamline it. We're not interested in tracking people. And uh, it's going to reflect JB's values the best we can, right? We're part of a team, but we're going to do our best there and uh, work hard to make this 
the best fest in the country again. And I'd love for you to go check out 2023.lfnw.org. We'll have a link in the show notes. And they are taking your papers right now. If you'd like to submit a proposal, it's open. They got details about the location there. So go check it out. I am, I am so elated that this is going forward. It, it hasn't been 100% all the way. There were moments where we thought it wasn't going to happen, even as of a few days ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, the core team is there. Uh, they, they love this fest, and uh, they want to bring us in to help, too. So I absolutely am excited. And this truly is your fest. This is a community-run event. If people have uh, information that they want, maybe like they, they want to have a booth there, or they want to sponsor us, go to the uh, Jupiter Broadcasting contact page and send it under general comments and let us know and we'll, we'll connect you. And we'll get information probably in future episodes and how you can speak to them directly. But I've never done anything like this before. I've never organized an event like this before. I've never been a participant and part of a team that's doing this. And it's, it is a, it's a job. It's a real job. And it's one of the reasons I couldn't make it to scale. But here's, what, here's, here's my last ask. And then... And then we'll, you know, go around the room. Please spread the word about this. If you're going to scale next weekend, tell everyone at scale that Linux Fest is happening in the fall and that we want to see them there. If you work for a group, start talking to the people in your company right now about sending some of your department to Linux Fest, right? If you can make the trip, start planning. And just right now, what we need is to get the word out. This fest has been pretty dormant. You know, they, they did try doing some online stuff, but it just really didn't take. And so people are starting and because it won't happen in April, I think people are going to start assuming the worst. So please help us get the word out there. It's back. We're going to try to make it great. We're going to be there with bells on. Uh, this is the first fest since JB has been independent again, and I'm fired up about it. We're going to bring Lady Jupes there. We're going to be boondocking. We may be also doing some of the cooking and grilling. We'll see how that plays out, but we may be doing the grilling for people that come to Linux Fest. And there's more details to share, but I, I we'll wait till they're all firmed up. But uh, boys, I'm very excited. Brent, you've been here throughout the week as this has been on and off and just the just the whole <laughs> yeah. back and forth of it. It has been, it's been a week. Let's just put it that way. But this brings me so much joy. I mean, I have a personal connection to the history of Linux Fest Northwest, but even at the meetup last night, we heard of, so many folks that were there that said, yeah, Linux Fest Northwest. It was such great memories and stuff. So to know that we can make a little difference and help it come back and to hopefully make some new connections for folks who attended as well. I think that's so special. One question that Casey has in the matrix room is, uh, are they looking for volunteers to help the fest go smoothly? I could imagine also JB will be looking for some volunteers as well. I'll know more. Um, so one of the things that's beautiful about being at a technical college <laughs> is that, uh, Students can participate and help, and they can earn extra credit if they're in some of the right courses. So we do have a pool, potentially, but it's never clear how many students will be interested. And because normally Linux Fest takes place in April, and by that point, students are kind of on board with the whole, I, the whole game. They get everything. But we're, this time, we're going to be early in the school year. And so I'm not really sure what kind of attendance and participation we'll get in that regard. So I'll know more as we get closer. But JB is going to be there. We're going to have equipment. We're going to need to get set up. So there'll be definitely a lot to do. Technically, the event runs Friday through Sunday. Friday is really kind of a get together and, and you know, play games night at some of the hotels and, and eat and stuff like that. The, I really feel like the core days to be there, if you, if, you can, if you can't be there for all three days, are going to be Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is just fantastic from a talks and session standpoint. 
And then Sunday, of course, we'll be doing Linux Unplugged Live and then hanging out with everybody. So this is as close as we're going to get to a JB Fest. This is it. This is JB Fest. But I, I am so happy that it's not like I would way rather go to a Linux Fest, right? Because then it's this whole community. It's not just a JB thing. So I mean, there's so many different things that, that happen at a Linux Fest Northwest, right? Like different interest groups, different areas of different programs. There's like individual distros. There's yeah. talks on like the nature of open source development in general. There's there's something for everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember we were just walking through the foyer area talking to the MySQL dev one time and he was grumbling about Oracle and another time Postgres. I mean, just like, you know, you just... You're just like, oh, I was just talking to the MySQL developer, and I'm talking to one of the Postgres developers. This is amazing. It's it's just like, to me, those are the celebrities. And the fantastic thing about Linux Fest, and then we're going to move on, but I just the fantastic thing about Linux Fest is because it is a community-run event, and that's just in its DNA, you get developers and workers, the doers, that go to these events, right? It's not like the sales. It's not super heavy sales and the marketing. It is the doers and the developers. So the people you're walking around with are the people that are creating and working on the free software you love and use, not the people selling it. That's a totally different kind of fest. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. So excited. We'll have more details, of course. Again, it's going to be October 20th through the 23rd. And uh, the temporary site, eventually we'll get all the DNS switched over. But the site that's live right now is 2023.lfnw.org. Linode.com slash unplugged. Go there to get $100 in 60-day credit on a new account. And it's a great way to support the show, especially for our 500th episode. Linode offers great options for developers and users and businesses that don't want the complexities of the hyperscalers, and you don't need all of their endless options. It just makes it simple, affordable, and accessible to deploy and manage your projects, your customers' projects, your family's projects, whatever it might be, into the cloud. And Linode does it for a better price and better performance. It's one of the absolutely best performing providers I've ever used. And that matters to me a lot. The other thing is I, I love the security of knowing I'm not going to have to hop hosts every few years to try to deal hunt because Linode's got it all, baby. They've been around for nearly 19 years with a great UI, just getting better all the time. A clearly documented, easy to understand API and, of course, easy plugging into any of your infrastructure management tools that you might have today. And Linode has learned that customer support is critical. So they've invested in having 24-7, 365 human beings, tier one, when you call in or email or submit a ticket right there. And on top of all of that, they got 11 data centers today and they're bringing on another dozen throughout this year. They're investing massively in their infrastructure this year. And with fantastic tooling like the cloud firewall, the backup tools, the metrics that you get, and things like S3 compatible object storage, there's something for everyone. Go build something. Go learn something. Try it for yourself. See why so many listeners love it and support the show. So go get that $100. Linode.com slash unplugged. That's Linode.com slash unplugged. Kick the tires for yourself and see why we love it. Linode.com slash unplugged. Yesterday afternoon, we were lucky enough to get together at a cute little local brewery with about 30 of our friends to celebrate this 500th episode. And like a busy little Brent does, <laughs> he, uh, he was smart enough to snag us a few clips of the night so we wouldn't forget how much fun we were having. That does happen sometimes. And I think we all recognized Phil right away. And he also might have been our uh, furthest traveler to the event. I'm here from Raleigh. I flew out this morning very early. 
I think, Phil, that makes you the furthest traveled Linux Unplug Meetup 500 uh, attendee. How do you feel about that? Oh, I feel honored and surprised. <laughs> I thought probably somebody would fly in from Puerto Rico. You never know, right? Yes, we've certainly had that. Thank you, Jose. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you do for a living? Uh, I have worked at IBM for 30 years. Uh, I'm in the public cloud uh, area right now, primarily working around financial services. Nice. So uh, Linux Unplugged might be of interest to you from time to time. Oh, yeah. I listen to Linux Unplugged a lot. Actually, I listen to it a lot when I'm walking. Tell me more. Like wa wa walking the dog or walking from place to place? Is it like a way that you... Uh, keep calm? It's kind of a way to try to stay in shape a little bit, but it's also my think time. Uh, so it gives me a chance to do some physical moving. Plus, I don't drive into the office except for maybe one day a week, and so I'm not in the car as much. So I have to have another podcast time. <laughs> That's lovely. And uh, how's this meetup for you? Oh, it's great. I've met a lot of interesting people, and uh, it's just a fun time. It's always... Uh, amazing to see how you get people from just many different walks of life, but it's just this common sense of uh, camaraderie, I would say, that uh, everybody's just really open and really uh, easy to share with and uh, willing to talk about just about anything. So it's uh, really a lot of fun. I would imagine, since you made the effort to travel all the way out here, that you had a good experience the last time and hopefully continue to have a good experience at, at these meetups. What would you say to someone who's never been to one? I would say if you can get a chance to get one, give it a shot and uh, put it on your calendar or do whatever you got to do to block off the time to get there. I think it's uh, definitely worth the effort. Nice. Well, thanks for being here, and I'm sure we'll meet you at another one at some point. Yeah, I don't know. I've been hearing people say I should come back for Linux Fest in the fall, so who knows? Maybe I'll make it back. The rumors may have been spreading last night at the meetup. I cannot confirm nor deny that. You know, it's funny how the old brain works, right? The old brain noodle just is so unreliable. Like, Phil, I recognized immediately. Uh, other listeners, like uh, a listener Gabe was there. Other listeners that I've met before, but it takes me like three minutes of talking to them before it clicks. I'm really bad with the faces and the names to begin with. It can be tricky, too, because it's a totally different environment filled mm -hmm. with a lot of faces, some new, some not. And, you know, we don't get to see our friends as often as we'd like. So no sometimes kidding. it's been a little while. Yeah, we need to be better about that. Leave it to Brent. <laughs> to hone in immediately on the Canadian in the room. Heck yeah. Uh, I came from uh, Port Coquitlam, just outside of Vancouver, Canada. Aha. Uh -huh. So I have my own kin here. Canadians. That's nice. And uh, who's this with you? Uh, I'm here with my dog, Willow, and my dog, Lint, named Linux, and my partner, Annette. How great is that? Love seeing that this was a dog-friendly venue, which is great, uh, because Levi got to attend. But not everybody realized that Levi was a dog. In fact, I've heard from multiple listeners that Levi, they thought Levi was a kid. So in episode 500, I want to set the record straight. Levi is, in fact, the podcast dog, the best podcast dog. And listener Micah, who is a repeat meetupper, who's met up with us before, had to learn that over a period of time. That's right. We met in Portland, Oregon uh, during the JPL uh, road trip. One of the last meetups um, that happened about 10 minutes away from my house. Was it really that close? Yeah, it's about a mile. <laughs> and so this meetup is a little further than that. Right. It's supposed to be three and a half hours, but Seattle traffic made it more like four and a half. 
Well, thank you for putting up with Seattle traffic for us. <laughs> um, I heard you have a story about Levi. Who's Levi to you? Uh, Levi is a uh, seven-year-old human child, um, or at least that's what I thought for about two years, uh, listening to Linux Unplugged. Because we often mention Levi, and especially if you're listening to the live show, we, he, you know, he sometimes barges into the studio. Um, but today you met Levi, and what did you discover? Well, I'd figured it out um, long before I met, actually met Levi, although I think this is the first time I did. But yes, Levi is in fact a dog and not a person. But yeah, for a good two years uh, or so, I thought Levi was one of Chris's kids. Well, I think... He is. I mean, he's a little hairier and cuter, but he certainly is in the family, let's say. <laughs> cuter? You're recording this, right? <laughs> I thought that too when I heard that. I was like, wow, man. <laughs> My kids are humans. You know that, right? But yeah, it was really fun to be able to bring Levi there. He's made it to a few meetups, actually, you know? So that's a pretty neat thing. It's great. Uh, and it was nice to see Micah again. We also had uh, longtime listener Micah. I know I've seen him uh, on, he's a... Uh, He's uh, sent feedback into Coda Radio several times as well. And I kind of feel like he he was sort of uh, one of many that were sort of feeling a little bit of the Knicks fever. Well, I'm here with Mike. Mike, I notice on your name tag it says two things. You want to introduce those two things? Sure. Uh, one, I am proudly from Olympia, Washington, two and a half hours south of this location here. Uh, and the other is Knicks OS because it is our lord and savior in uh, in Linux here. Which is Linux Unplugged's fault. Oh, really? You're blaming us now, are you? I am, I am. I was happily on Pop! OS, Fedora, I forget what I was on. See, that's just it. Before Nix, I have no memory. <laughs> you seem strangely okay with that. I am okay with it, because there is no way forward other than Nix OS. I agree, actually. I'm still having a hard time understanding how I'm ever going to enjoy the touch of another distro. I just... Uh, yeah, it's hard. I am all in on Nick still. I mean, I'm not... I'm holding it back on the show a little bit just so I don't overdo it, but it's still... Like, uh, the wife is... Uh, she's been doing some interviews for a hospital, you know, and they have, they have like a media th series that they do, and uh, so uh, I got her all set up with like a workstation with a camera and a light so she can... can and a microphone so she can conduct these interviews. Plasma 5? Nick's OS. It was just a no-brainer. And it just just she, works. She can't break it. You know what? She can't break it. We heard a lot of that. People just saying, you know, I can't break whatever it. thing they implemented often for someone else that yeah. they were supporting, they can't break it. Yep. And it yep. just, I mean, it just rebuilt. That came up a couple of times. Boom. Now, of course, uh, her Zoom video playback freezes every time she stops moving her mouse. That's just Linux. So, yeah, that's still an issue. But <laughs> so she just, while she's doing the interview, she just sits there moving her mouse. Moving the mouse around the entire time. She just calmly, like she's <laughs> pretending like she's not doing it, moving the mouse. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sign of a true pro. A, you know what? And I think it's, I might have put her on Wayland, and I, maybe I should, maybe I should walk that back. Maybe X11 would be okay for the wife. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, think it was a Luke, I think it was Luke and yeah, Elizabeth. I'm not sure. I, I, I actually didn't catch their names, uh, but I loved hearing from them uh, because they were newbies to the area. So they're kind of just building out their community. And so it was really great to have a chance to chat with them. Uh, we just drove from Knoxville, Tennessee, back in December. It was really exciting. We took about a month. We spent um, 
about two weeks of that month in Colorado between Denver and uh, Colorado Springs, and then we made our way here. Sweet, and now you're in the area, you're locals. That's right. We're in Anacortes, and we got the blown tire fixed, so our <laughs> van drove us here tonight, so that's good. Tell me a little bit about your connection with Linux Unplugged. Yeah, I've been listening to a little over a year, and I just heard wait, a meetup in Mount Vernon. That's close, I think. I still don't know the area, but close enough. So, yeah, came on down. Sweet, and uh, thank you both for being here. How's the meetup been so far? It's been so fun. Got to meet a lot of people and really enjoyed hearing people's stories. And even though I don't know anything about Linux, I'm excited to meet the people around that do. Sweet. And uh, how about you? How's the meetup been? Yeah, it's super fun to talk to people that like the same things and are interested in the same kind of nerdery. <laughs> well, great. Thank you so much for being here. It was really nice to also see a few folks that were still learning, right? That was pretty great. That's something I've noticed as well about our meetups is often, you know, people will bring their, you know, listeners will bring their partners who don't really listen to the episodes, but it's always a good time. I saw a, a bunch of people hanging out who weren't necessarily listeners, but had a, an amazing time and just enjoyed being amongst a group of friends. So I, I would say if you're planning to join one of our meetups, um, you know, bring your partner. We'll have a good time too. It's a great experience. And the, the thing that, I cut it out because I kind of cut some of these down, but um, there was a theme through all of them is I came here and I could just talk to everybody. And for even for folks, that's not their norm, normal social experience. That's not their baseline. There is something you could talk about because you're both listening to the same show. Yeah. There's a common, yeah, you have a common dictionary to yeah. reference and you probably recognize things that you're hearing in conversations you might walk up to. So you can kind of just slip right in. So even if you're not like a social pro, you know, you can still make it work, which is which is pretty great. Uh, we were looking back at the records. Thank you, everybody who made it to the meetup last night. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we were looking back at the records. Wes, you joined the show in episode 100. Indeed. Uh, it was Matt and I until then. Um, and then he kind of transitioned out and you came in during a meetup. Speaking of meetups. They're, see, they're just, they're something special. And then Brentley, you joined us really, as you were saying earlier, for, as a temporary host in episode 255 by our math which is pretty wild, and then kind of, uh, you know, snuck your way in, and it's been fantastic. I've weaseled my way in, and mm -hmm. you just can't get rid of me. That's right, that's right. Well, while uh, the shows have been going on this week, and we've been just chugging right along as we do, you and Jeff have been deep in Adventureland. Uh, you've been, uh, I mean, I can't even describe the in amount of work that gets done. Adventureland, that's one word for it. I attribute a lot of it to Jeff. Why me? I I feel like you are a man that has a special kind of incessant need to get things done. And here's what I'm like, you tell me if I'm wrong, but here's what I think, here's what I have modeled in my head. Because you had to come all the way up from Sacramento area. You know, you've driven through winter. You may potentially have to drive back through a hellish landscape, which we will not see probably for another three or four years in the Pacific Northwest and the West Coast in general. And I got to imagine the logic is I'll be damned if I'm going to drive my ass all the way up to that studio and not get everything done because I don't want to get home and feel bad that we didn't get enough done and make the whole thing not worth it. 
That's uh, yeah, that's actually exactly it. The problem is <laughs> you keep adding to the list. Well, I'm not the one ripping doorknobs off. You know, two doorknobs this morning have uh, been ripped off doors this morning. These guys, Brent's got the moose energy and Jeff's got the jungle energy and the two just ripping doorknobs off. You know, they're going to repair a lot of things, break a lot of other things. The studio will just be in a different state. Maybe not necessarily improve. The studio, the studio is a challenging place to get projects done, as you guys have intimately <laughs> learned this week. Um, and at different points, both of you have ended up in the attic, and uh, we have a, a little clip, a moment back in time. How, what day was this, boys? Was this two days ago, three days ago? You're running power and Ethernet? It feels like maybe two days ago, but honestly, this week's just a blur. I know. All the days have blurred together because we've done so many projects. We've gotten so much done. It has been the true definition of a sprint, no doubt about it. I am super grateful for that. And uh, this is uh, Brent and Jeff up in the attic upstairs running power so that way we can properly get the servers out of the garage once and for all well we are up in the attic oh hi jeff hey brett what are we doing up in this wretched place uh what are we doing <laughs> uh we're pulling new electrical wire for the servers because we relocated them but we need a different power circuit with extra power so we're pulling some from one place and leading it to the new servers Fantastic. And it looks like we already ran our Ethernet, which we did, and that was a blast. So yeah, here we go. Let's uh let's get this done and get out of this horrible area. Thanks, Brent. <laughs> you know, you guys discovered, much to my chagrin, that when we moved back so that I've owned this property for a long time. Since I was a young boy, since you know the early days of Linux Fest. When I moved back in to turn it into the studio many years ago now, like 2014 or whatever it was, I had a whole refurbishing of the power done because I wanted more isolation of devices. I wanted to not be tripping circuits when I'm running a bunch of computers and mm -hmm. just got a whole bunch of stuff done. And Brent, you were telling me that when you went up into the attic mm -hmm. and you were looking at the uh, edge outside wall of the house, well, you discovered something rather unpleasant. Uh, which thing are you referring to as a pause? Because <laughs> I discovered many, many things. And uh, uh, I did discover, um, well, we have different standards. The insulation <laughs> is what I was thinking. Yeah, I did discover that the the folks, Chris, who you kindly hired to yeah. run new Ethernet. Who I'm sure were doing just a fantastic job for me, right? Yeah. And, and I think they ran, were they also the same folks that ran new power for you? I don't, I, I want to say it was a different company, but I honestly whoever, can't remember. It was a long time ago. Whoever it was decided, you know, to move all of that lovely insulation that Jeff and I were swimming through to run these cables and never really bothered to move it back in place. And so you had these valleys of sections in your attic that had zero insulation because the cables were just run there. And it turns out that's not so great, Chris. Yeah, so they basically were removing the insulation to run the cables, and then they just didn't put it back, it sounds like, which is, well, it's kind of outrageous because that means I've been essentially heating the outside for mm -hmm. years when I didn't need mm -hmm. to be. Or, it, you know. it was especially bad over your office, which I, I can, uh, let's just say I can empathize with them, though I still think they should have worked a little harder. But I had to, like, squeeze myself through a tiny little gap to get over your office to fix what they decided <laughs> not not to put any effort into. Yeah. It, was, it was something. But after multiple attempts and a lot of work, you guys got dedicated power and Ethernet run for the servers. And now we have 
a, a, a pretty good spot, right? I mean, how do you feel about it, Jeff? You think like we got a good dialed in spot for the servers? It's better than the garage. Uh, as long as it stays quiet for you. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Um, and now that there's some airflow up there as well, having the fan uh, there sucking air up from the bottom should hopefully help it keep everything cool. Yeah, we're going to be monitoring it because um, one of the fantastic things that Jeff did for us while he was here is he finally got around to a project that's been on my list for like two years. And he brought a stack of ESPs and a, a thermal sensor that does humidity and temperature and deployed like, what did we do, five of them, Jeff, around the studio? Uh, there's six. The okay. server one's ready now, too. All right. So we've got now six independent temperature and humidity sensors throughout the building and we're monitoring all of it with home assistant and we have one specifically for the server rack so we can kind of keep an eye on temperatures which is we're in a lot better position than we were just before that and man it's been slick how easily that was to set up and jeff did you put any cottonwood sensors up there (laughs) no i think maybe the new location might be a little better in that (laughs) regard i sure hope so (laughs) yeah i'm i this is just so nice to see because i just having flashbacks to last summer as you're like just panicking about the stu- about the server in the garage. I know. We'll have better monitoring. We have more control. It's in a much safer location. I feel much better uh, about leaving mm-hmm. the studio now too because um, one of the things that we can do now is we have it in a spot where I have commonly every year put a little portable air conditioner anyways to just kind of cool the upstairs office. So until this point, the upstairs has really just kind of been a living area, plus my my work office. Yeah. And this is like one of the first things we've done that has like made it into like, oh, yeah, this is actually a production building where you're know, having a server rack there. But um, I have a portable air conditioner that I've been setting up there for years and it can vent out a window that we have there. And it's not like the best, but you it'll have help. some climate control. Yeah, it'll help. It's better than the garage. No doubt about it. And uh, the networking is solid and. Uh, we're going to have potentially listener Kyle's going to hook us up with a super nice switch that we can put in that rack. And I'm going to eventually get it with some battery power. And then I'm going to move the node over as well, which had some downtime. Ugh. Sorry. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, when you're working with power, things happen. We'll just, it's fine. Yeah, we won't, we won't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, and inevitably, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a great Great setup, even if we just left it where it is now, even just run those couple servers there. But I think I think we'll get it even more dialed in. I'm very excited about it and really appreciative of all the hard work. It's just been incredible. And one of the great things, here we are at 500. It's just been amazing to knock that work out. So thank you, guys. I know I wouldn't want to be up there. I don't even think I could fit up there. So <laughs> I really appreciate it. Bitwarden.com slash Linux. Go right now to get started with a free trial for yourself or for a business. I love Bitwarden and you will too. It's the easiest way for businesses or individuals to store and share and sync your sensitive data. That could be passwords, that could be special keys, could be payment information. And I believe you'll have a little bit of peace of mind knowing whatever that sensitive data might be, that Bitwarden vaults are end-to-end encrypted with zero knowledge encryption. No metadata leakage, nothing weird like that. If you've been using a different password manager and you realize, oh boy, I got to switch. If the story just keeps getting worse, Go to bitwarden.com slash migrate. They make it so easy. If I would have known, guys, if I would have known. And Bitwarden, it's open source, trusted by millions of individuals in the community, in our community as well. It's what Wes and I use to manage our passwords, our two-factor codes, and other sensitive things like, you know, recovery keys. And Bitwarden makes mobile life simple, so you can use a unique username, email address, and password for every site, service, and app you use. They have, of course, great desktop apps. 
but I think what I really appreciate is they they don't they don't punish you for using advanced security on mobile. In fact, they are really the butter that makes it smooth, my friend. It is so nice. They even have advanced features like live account switching, which I think is brilliant for home and work or home and maybe that open source project that you're working with. And I just think that making those types of things more accessible means that more and more users can take advantage of this type of security. This has got to be like the low-hanging fruit, guys. This is like the low-hanging fruit of internet security. So if you're not using Bitwarden, bitwarden.com slash Linux, or if you know somebody or maybe your workplace that isn't using Bitwarden, man, I hate to think what they might be doing. Send them to bitwarden.com slash Linux. That's right. Bitwarden.com slash Linux. New stuff coming out all the time, making Bitwarden even more secure with features like login with device, improved security. It's just always get. It's like getting more compelling and better as the days go on. How often do you get to say that? So go make a little security improvement for yourself, for friends, for your workplace, or for family. And support the show. Bitwarden.com slash Linux. That's bitwarden.com slash Linux. Well, we got some fantastic support from the audience this week to celebrate episode 500. And to say we blew the charts up is a understatement. Uh, the charts are still trying to figure out just how hard we rocked things this week. We are number one by a mile on the Fountain FM charts. Extremely humbling. Thank you, everyone. Uh, very humbling. Uh, and they're, they're still refreshing the numbers and, and crunching them. But we are number one by a mile this week. So that is, uh, well, that's a thrill. That really was a thrill for us because what we have here in the studios, we have the speaker on and the screen on. And so every time a boost comes in, mm -hmm. even when it's midnight and Jeff's trying to sleep, pew, we get that pew. <laughs> that's so great. Did it wake you up at all, Jeff? Pew. Nope. Okay, good, good. It's soothing to my ears. Good, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So Eric D came in with what is undoubtedly uh, our baller boost of the episode. And um, so let's get into it. And now it is time for Le Boost. Eric D. Boost in with 1,009,529 sacks. <laughs> uh, he writes, congratulations on the big milestone. I started listening when self-hosted began back in 2019, and then I found the rest of Jupiter Broadcasting from there. Unplugged has inspired me to try so many things in the world of Linux, and I've learned a lot along the way. Thank you for fantastic content week after week. Here's something for Jupiter Broadcasting Steak Fund in the next 500 episodes. Cheers from North Bay, Ontario, Canada. Whoa. Did you know that's like 40 minutes from where I grew up? Wow. So I, thank you. Thank you so much. What's really great, Eric, is I didn't read the location until live, and that's really neat. So that was a fun surprise for me. Um, and then we have SURCD, who boosted in with 555,555 sats, and also, like the rich lobster that he is, using Boost CLI, boys. <laughs> oh. I know. He says, hey, JB, congrats on 500 episodes of Unplugged. I've listened to all of the episodes. Wow. What? Wow. Has anybody else done that? Boosting, if anybody else has done that, I am sorry. Uh, he says, as someone who found JB through searches about awesome window manager and then found Fisher and Lunduke, I've been listening ever since. As a party member, I'm happy to help JB stay independent, and I'm happy that JB has thrived through all these years. Well, with support like that, Thank how could you. we not? Right? That's our superpower right there. 
Ginger Jammer came in with 509,529 sets. Hey guys, longtime listener and party member, first time booster. Oh. Still not convinced on the whole crypto thing, but there's but here's some sats to help get episode 500 on the top of the charts. How awesome is that, right? Like, you know what? You're just like, okay, fine. I'll just get them some sats and send it in. Like, you're willing uh, to jump through the hoops just to just to help. I appreciate that. Now, don't ever call Bitcoin crypto again. No, I'm kidding. Actually, really, Ginger, I appreciate the that you just set that aside and got it done and sent it. And it was such a great supportive boost too at the same time i really respect that curious concept boosted in with five hundred thousand sats happy 500 well thank you curious he writes what a milestone to achieve i've been listening for eight years now <laughs> wow <laughs> that's just crazy these yeah. numbers these numbers are just blowing my mind i was curious to try linux to learn more about it little did i know that jb shows would inspire me to switch to linux full-time and grow my career by using my knowledge of linux to set myself apart from the rest Thanks for the years of fascinating discussions and for inspiring me to try new technologies. Congratulations on the huge milestone. I'm going to be celebrating with you while sitting in my coder robe. Hey, yo. (laughs) Just like Wes and Jeff. Uh, I'd be wearing mine right now, but the wife is actually wearing mine. And you know, happy wife, happy life. Dahaja writes in with 500,000 sets. Happy 500 from Salt Lake City. Can't get much better boosting my favorite network while sporting the coder robe and a bearded tux. My goodness. <laughs> my goodness. It's also pretty cold today. So here's to 500 more. Hope, hopefully next time you come through Salt Lake City, oh. it'll be a little less smoky. It sure was. You remember that, Brent? Oh, it was. It, that smoke cloud just followed us the whole way there. It was, it was something. It really, truly was. It was like a smoke monster was following us everywhere we went. Like as we changed route, the winds would change and it would blow all of the wildfire smoke with us. You know, I should probably change the air filter in Lady Jupes. Good idea. User 1109 boosted in with 230,000 sets. Happy 500 to Linux Unplugged and the whole JB community. I'm not usually a fountain user, but I wanted to help secure love at the top of the charts for episode 500. I've been listening since episode 400, and the whole JB lineup become some of my favorite shows. Well, thank you. That's very nice, user. Uh, and user, if... Uh... You forgot to set your username and you want to sw- swap it and uh, boost in. Let us know who you are. Would love to uh, know. But thank you, user 1109. Well, up next, we have the one, the only, the website Wrangler, Elray741, boosting in with 215,921 sets. Coming in hot with the boost. <laughs> thank you. Happy right. 500 for love and for Coder. I know I'm a bit late for Coder, but I got a robe to make up for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, I can't quite do 500, so I tried to do one zero less. Hope the network makes it to the top of the charts, and here's to 500 more. Pretty sure I say it enough, but the whole JB crew has made my life much more complete. Oh, oh man. All right, so great. Um, really one of the most solid contributors out there right now. Just so, just so wonderful to hear from you, and thank you so much for the boost. User Eric the Red boosted in with 150,500 sets. All right. Thank you so much for the show. I've been listening to the network since episode 29. Oof. That's back in 2007. Oh. And I've built a career using Linux. Les and Lup have taught me so much over the years. Keep up the great work. Thank you, sir. Wow, man. Thank you, indeed. 2007 feels like a long time now. (laughs) It, It is. We got a boost in from Raving Grub, 110,000. 
118 cents. All right. I've been listening for a couple of weeks now. Love your stuff and wanted to show my support from Vancouver, Washington. Hey, nice. Can't make the meetup, though. I've had a question for a long time. I tried Linux back in 2012, couldn't stick with it because of gaming, and returned in 2021 and haven't looked back. Mm. Why has it taken Wayland so long to get properly supported? And do you think it will ever fully replace X11 one to one? Oh, my goodness. What a question. You know... Wouldn't it be interesting to have a book written on why Wayland has taken so long? Neil, do you have an answer? Do you have a an answer on how you, how to describe the process of developing Wayland and why it's taken as long as it has? Because what, it's been over 11, 12 years? It started in 2008. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So what, how would you describe it? Like, what would be like the, the elevator reason for why Wayland has taken so long to get adopted? When you fundamentally redesign everything and don't control the entire stack at the same time, the whole process of actually pulling this off is very, very slow and very painful. Right. If Apple wants to implement a new uh, Windows system, you know, they just tell everybody, okay, starting tomorrow, you're working on this. Uh, That's not how it works in the free software community. And so it's driven by each individual project's incentives. However, I'd take this. Over the, over the dictatorship of maybe Apple or Microsoft, right? I mean, it seems like if as long as you take the long view, is a decade really a big deal for, not, for a free operating system that could be around conceivably for, for a very, very, very long time? Yeah, I mean, we are getting there, and uh, X continues to work. I mean, it doesn't do everything perfectly, right? Maybe it hasn't, doesn't keep up in, in, in ways or lacks uh, security we'd like. But if, if X wasn't working for you, it didn't stop working for you. Yeah. Awesome, Matt boosted in with 102,000. 169 sets. The digits after the first one is my zip. And on the topic of evangelizing, I'm curious if there's a correlation between Linux users and personality types. I find I'm the same way, and whether it's Bitcoin, Linux, Android, or my niche political views, I often find myself on the outside of the general consensus, harassing everyone in my life about why such and such thing is sick as hell and they need to switch to it right away. <laughs> I mean, there, I, I think that's part of being an early adopter sometimes. You know, you get fired up. You get all fired up and get passionate. Am I, am I right, Wes? Is that like outside of Boston? Did you look it up? I think that's just outside of Boston, which is awesome. I, I never knew that Austin, Matt. So there you go. Boston. All right. I love the zip code boost. Thanks for doxing yourself. No, I really do like to know that. It does seem to be a yeah. postal code in Massachusetts. Yeah, that I thought is so. impressive, I Mr. Thought so. Fisher. Well, no, no, it's not that impressive. We visited there, so it's not that impressive. I, I, that's probably like one of the few I would actually know. <laughs> I think you should just take the... Uh... <laughs> no, I won't. I refuse. Rotten Mood also boasted in with 100,500 sats. Hey-o. Congrats on 500, y'all. Also... Could we get a DS9 boost by chance? Oh, yeah. Oh, Could yeah. We, Let's do it. Okay. All right. So I want to submit this as my idea, or at least my submission. I, I'm willing to accept challenges okay. for the Deep Space Nine boost sound. I wanted it to be short and tight, but instantly identifiable. All right. So tell me what you think. A little anticlimactic? A little bit. <laughs> you, were want, you wanted Cisco, didn't you? <laughs> I was expecting a voice of some kind. All right, okay. I'll admit that. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not against it. This is just no, it's I understand. Just a different approach that I'm getting used to. I know, no, I just short and tight. Can I hear? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I do have a runner-up, as suggested by Brent. Would mm. you like to hear it? 
of course. Tell me if you think this is more appropriate for a Deep Space Nine boost. I don't know if it is, but you tell me. Diagnostic complete. Sensors are functioning normally. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, if you know Deep Space Nine, you know that's the Deep Space Nine yeah. background noise, but yeah, I don't know. Now, I think one idea might be listeners should send in their own suggestions on a Deep Space Nine boost, yeah. maybe via a boost. Yeah. And uh, we'll, yeah. we'll go through them and send uh, me see link. what we can make yeah. stick. Okay, send me a link. Because I, I went through, I thought maybe the intro, but like there wasn't a moment that was just perfect. And I went to the episode where, you know, Cisco is, uh, uh, where he's, where he's Benny or whatever his name is. And he's, it's real. And I also <laughs> went and got, it's a fake. And this just didn't feel oh, right. What oh, do you oh. think, Jeff? You've been, you've been, you've, Jeff has like the boost soundbite instincts. Well, I made a general boost jingles, uh, page on the GitHub. Oh, great. Right. Did you see, I, I now have Jeff. Uh, plugging the GitHub for me. There you go. Yeah. You're welcome. One of my minions now. So you could put it up there and then link me to it. And uh, that'd be great. Because I do, I would love a Deep Space Nine boost. I'm all, I'm all on board with the idea. But, it, you know, it's got to be right. Boosting in with 100,500 sats Woo. is DFJ225. Happy episode 500. I hope this enough. <laughs> That's I hope funny. this is a good enough, you know, like a good, a GNU enough, you know. You know that caught me by surprise. <laughs> I hope this is good enough to help you get up the charts. Is he trying to? Is he trying to? Anyways, that I wish is. We could make Brent talk like this all the time. <laughs> that is very appreciated, and uh, we smashed the charts, everybody. Bitcoin Lizard comes in with a hundred thousand sats. I have fond memories of loading up my MP3 player via USB. My favorite podcast was Linux Action Show, but sometimes I'd listen to this weird cast of blast Okay, he didn't say weird. cast of blast in Computer Action Show. My life changed a lot since those days, but it's comforting to know that I can still tune into JB every week. Congrats on 500. Yeah, I think our lives have all changed a lot in those years. Bitcoin Lizard, and it's great. I don't know if I connected you were such a long timer. I may have, but I definitely have now. High five connoisseur boosts in with 97,005 sats. Hey, Chris, Wes, and Brent. Andrew, I'm boosting in to share my location, and the boost amount is my zip code. All right. You're going to look that one up for us, Wes. He goes on to say, I started listening in early 2021 and have become more passionate and excited about Linux and open source. Keep up the great while. Well, it looks to be somewhere near Beaverton, Oregon. Oh, not too far. Well, then high five connoisseur. I hope you can come to Linux Fest in the fall. OA guy one boosting with 90,000 sats. Here's for episode 500. Thanks so much for all the incredible work you do. I've been listening to JB since the Lunduke days, and it has seen me from some rough times as a student and an early professional. Having a community like Jupiter Broadcasting has kept me going, and I'm eternally grateful. Here's to 500 more. Oh, thank you. That, that touches me. Crash Override, which is a great name. 67,000 sats. Happy 500 from all at 1701home.com. Well, I like the sound of that. It looks like it's a Star Trek Mastodon. Cool. 1701 is the home to a Trek-based Mastodon where people can discuss Star Trek franchises while sharing and connecting about other interests. You don't say. Well, I think we're planning to celebrate by watching Picard Season 3 after the show tonight. Maybe we'll have to head over there to 1701home.com. DNL70 comes in with 60,000 sats. Hello, team. Dean here from Australia. Okay, how do we say that? Geelong? I think that's pretty close. Okay. I've been listening to Jupiter Broadcasting since it went independent about three years ago. I just wanted to let you know how much I've enjoyed the content, both on Unplugged, but also self-hosted and office hours. Please keep up the good work. And I know and know that you all are appreciated. No. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting getting, to blush over I'm here. I'm getting misty over yeah. here. Take over, Wes. 
Well, Tomato Deer boosts in with 55,500 stats. <clears throat> it's called GNU slash Linux slash Wayland slash Pipewire slash KDE slash Proton. <laughs> but uh, go podcasting. Tomato Deer also notes that they're a self-hosting fanatic nerdy doctor yes. in 19122, which appears to be Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Awesome. Awesome. Hello, Philadelphia. User 602, Wes, you want to take that one? Yeah, user 602 boosting in with 50,000 sets. Congratulations on 500 episodes. From a longtime listener of your productions, I started listening sometime before you did the uh, computer action show. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. all those years, I've rarely missed an episode of Linux Action Show or Linux Unplugged. I think that says it all. With my busy schedule and all other podcasts to choose from, Linux Unplugged is the podcast that I just can't miss. Huge congrats to the team. Best regards and thanks for the inspiration. Jess, listening from Denmark. Jess, thank you. You know, we work hard to try to make it the first podcast you choose when it's in the list. It's nice to hear we've hit that note for you. Anonymous comes in with 50,000 sats and just simply says, happy 500. Anonymous, if you meant to set a username and want to boost in and correct you, are welcome to, but we also respect when people want to stay anonymous. Indigo Snake comes in with 50,000 sats and says, grats on episode 500. I think that's technically Eric or an Eric and one of the Eric's. And uh, those are two just really nice, short, sweet boosts. Night 62 also boosted in with 50,000 sats. Congrats on episode 500. About eight years ago, I searched for what is the best Linux podcast because I wanted to learn more about Linux and open source software. That is how I found JB, and I've been enjoying your content ever since. JB makes content that is fun, educational, and has a high production value. So thanks so much for years of great content. Listening to you every single week for so many years makes you feel like family. I wish you all best and hope to be boosting for episode 1000. Yeah! Aww, that's, that's so sweet. That's what we're gunning for. Heck yeah. Albert also boosted in with 50,000 sats. Boosting in for episode 500 of Linux Unplugged. Expat living in postal code 669-6101. Hmm. Try that one, Wes. <laughs> yeah. Always up for a JB meetup here, by the way. You won't regret it. Long-time listener, first-time booster, been listening since the early days of the Linux Action Show. Here's to another 500 episodes. Uh, it looks like that might be in Japan. Tokyo. Yeah? That's great. <laughs> I want to go to Tokyo. That sounds so fun. Maybe one day we can meet up in person. Mousetown Mike boosts in with 50,000 Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. is there? That is in, I think that comma is in the wrong spot, actually. I think that's too many zeros. I think uh, it is 500,000 sats, actually. Okay, well, look at that. <laughs> Amazing, and thank you. Congrats on 500 episodes. That's an incredible amount of work, and it's greatly appreciated. Looking forward to getting the gang in the air again sometime in the not-too-distant mm. future. Oh, <laughs> Mike! Oh, Mike! By the way, Mike, for Linux Fest Northwest, Bellingham has an airport you could fly right into, and we could run over and pick you up. No problem at all. To some listeners, this is Cessna Mike, as we call him. Yeah, this is great. I've been wondering how you're doing. That's great to hear from you. Thank you for boosting in. And I hope, I hope we'll see you soon. We would love to. Bought Criminal boosts in with 57,773 cents. My zip codes now are belonging to you. 
Let's uh, okay. boost them out there. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> Let's go check that this out. This is huh? fun. I feel like getting to know where people are at is really a neat, a neat kind of thing that I didn't expect for 500. South Dakota. Oh, I've been thinking about South Dakota because it's really friendly to our veers. Like you could become a resident over there. Can I come park in your driveway for a bit? <laughs> Thought Criminal also says, happy 500. I love me some love. Let's top this index. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, Barzaitol? Yeah, sure. Boosts in with 36,908 Satoshis. Another zip code boost. That's right. That's right. This is, uh, you know what? This is a thing now, right? This is a total thing. Choctaw County, Alabama. How about that? Also writes, I've been listening to JB shows since 2015, I think. Fuzzy that far back. Uh, yeah, uh, amen. All I really remember is my first Linux was Ubuntu 804 off a CD with a book. I bought at a bookstore mm, yep. a couple of hours from home. Yeah, remember the magazines used to come with the discs? So it's one of the reasons you bought the magazine is then you get the CD. I'm a habitual tinkerer, and Linux has scratched that itch for a lot of years now. Thanks for the great content. Well, thank you for the boost and the support. Jeff of the Jungle comes in with 19,058 sats. Congratulations on 500 episodes. I've doubled the boost to hear your content for another 500. In college, when my PC died, I once used a SunSpark 5 that I built from parts through eBay as my primary desktop. Wow, that was a time. Rest in peace, son. At the time, I thought I would need Solaris experience more, but it's good that I also worked in Linux. So, what is the most obscure hardware you've used to run Linux on or another Unix OS? Mine's probably old. I don't know if you guys have any weird obscure hardware um, that you remember, but I remember when I first sat down, I was so excited. I was going to get to see the System 390 mainframe. And this was the mainframe that ran the bank that I worked for. Big system. And back then it was connected to, you know, tape reel systems and printer systems and check scanner systems. And they used this proprietary IBM fiber connection stuff that was essentially glass wire, but some sort of weird thing that IBM developed in the late 80s, early 90s that was its own beast and just connected and like to different storage. Everything, it was in its own cabinet. It wasn't just one big machine, but it, it also was a very big machine. And I remember we were going to get Linux on the System 390. And I guess I was expecting something like super high end in advance. Yeah. And what I got was like, I'm not even joking, an OS2 warp machine that was a 486 that was built into the mainframe. Like the 486 IBM PC like was on a tray that slotted into the mainframe. And then the monitor was also, because these mainframes are huge. They had big consoles and stuff. And the monitor was OS2. And then you would launch a terminal that would connect into the virtual machine where I was going to install SUS. And it was the craziest <laughs> setup. And I'd never used OS2 before then. And oh, that's a trip. It, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like if Windows went a different direction. <laughs> and OS2 itself is its own alternative reality. It was quite the experience. I'll never forget it. I don't know. You guys, anything weird you've ever used Linux on? Well, I, I was running Gentoo on my Wii for a while. That was fun. Yeah. You know, that was actually quite useful. And then I guess in the Unix world, I, was, uh, I did some stuff on the Mac X serves, which... Just, I don't know how many people yeah. actually actually used one of those. That's what I ran Gen 2 on. A lot of my uh, printing went through Gen 2 on an Apple X serve running cups. And one of the reasons I used Gen 2 is because cups was so new. What about you, Jeff? 
Come to think about it, I actually think I ran Linux before I knew what Linux was. While tinkering on my DS, there was a little Linux port for the Nintendo DS, and I had to try it, and it gave me a terminal. And then, you know, I was a kid in high school. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) But uh, Asteroid OS, just want to represent, still on my watch, still on my wrist. There you go. That's a great little device. Yeah, for sure. Great question. I think I have kind of a different one than than all of you. The question is the most obscure and I think mine would be using a PowerPC version of, I think it must have been like XFCE or something like that on an old iMac G3 to pull oh, some wow. information off that thing. This was my years uncle ago. Of mine. Oh, yeah. This was 2008, I imagine. And that thing was really old back then and uh, worked flawlessly, you know, of course. Do you remember if it was Yellow Dog Linux or anything? That's what mm, I used on the old No, PowerPC. it wasn't Yellow Dog. That doesn't sound familiar, but. I I would guess it was like Zubuntu would be my best guess. Did Zubuntu have a power? I mean, I guess it did because like the whole Debian family had PowerPC ports. So, yeah, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I can't remember. (laughs) I I feel like I'm starting to forget more than I remember. That's what happens when we've been doing this too long. Zach Attack comes in with 10,000 sets. I have to say, you guys have been an interesting influence since starting (laughs) to listen to you. I've taken up a laptop and used OpenSUSE Tumbleweed. I've spun up a Nextcloud, loaded up Tailscale, and I've swapped my phone to Giraffing OS. And I've begun the long march to de-Googling most of my life. Thank you, and keep it up for another 500 episodes. Yeah, man. Uh, by the way, people asked at the meetup like over and over again. I am still using Giraffing OS. I did have some weird battery issues, but actually, as long as I reboot every few days, it doesn't seem to be really a problem. And uh, I'm still chugging along on Giraffing. Dan Johansson boosted in with 9,529 sats. hey Dan is a longtime reliable mumbler in the uh, virtual lug. Say hi, Dan. Hello, guys. Hey, Dan. Uh, you said congratulations on reaching 500 episodes. I remember driving to work eight or nine years ago listening to the beginning episodes of this very show. Aww. I hope you get to 500 more. Wow, thank you. It would be about 9.5 years ago, as a matter of fact. How about that? Yeah, we're hoping. We're uh, still going full steam ahead. And there's this guy named Ryan that boosted in with 9,529 sats as well. Congrats on 500. I've been a listener since late 2009. I'm writing to you from a place you once described on BCDP as third world country. Albuquerque, New Mexico. BCPD, BCP, what did you? It's the Bitcoin dad pod. Yeah, the BCDP is the Bitcoin Dad Pod, and I did. You know, here's here's what it is. Uh, a guy named Ryan. Go Google image search Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then go Google image search Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I think the results speak for themselves. But I got to tell you something. I've had the New Mexico itch recently. I don't know why, but I kind of want to go back. It's just flaring up. Also, I could live in Santa Fe. I re- have you looked at these pictures? Have you seen Santa Fe? God. Dang it, that's adorable. It's ridiculous. No no place has a right to be that adorable. So, yeah, um, there are highlights. In fact, one of the nicest things on a road trip, like two road trips ago, was we stayed, of all places, at a shutdown casino because of the lockdowns. And there was this huge, huge storm that rolled in. We were just grateful to be off the road and have a free place to park. But then after the storm passed, it was during sunset, and there was a freaking double rainbow. <laughs> and I'll never forget that, you know, because double rainbow, what does it mean? I uh, see you're biased by the double rainbow. Oh, I, see, I get it. For sure, dude. The Muso boosted with 9,529 sats. Congratulations on 500 episodes. 
I've been listening since early 2020, and I've enjoyed all the LEP episodes I've listened to. Over time, I started to listen to all the other Jupiter Broadcasting shows, and now I enjoy them all. Here's to the next 500 episodes. Keep up the wonderful work. Oh, jeez. Thank you. Oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it just thank you very much. All right. All right. All right. All right. Going, moving right along, as they say, the, the Golden Dragon comes in. I'm going to give him a row of ducks. That, that's, a, that's a mascot boost. Yep. Mascot boost. 9,529 sats. I've been listening since around the Arch server or the Arch challenge days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Flashbacks. Yep, yep, yep. It's been joyous part of my commute and work days. Starting the Ducks meme for the show has been one of my top achievements. <laughs> and hearing all the Linuxy goodness and great advice I've been asking has also been great. Um, he goes on to say, the community here has been top-notch, and the folks have, I've gotten to chat with in Matrix have been stellar. Here's to 500 more, and here's to 10 years and 10 years more. Thanks, JB and community. Oh. Well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Dragon. It's great to hear from you on 500. Tim Apple boosts in with 9,529 sats. I think it's time for JB to take on Twit and cover more. Maybe a Mac show, since you use enough of their products. Maybe a second show with Mike. Either way, I've always loved JB shows, been listening for close to a decade. Cheers. It's for people who like to mess with computers. It's yeah. just like a show where you get to vent about Mac OS. You know, that's... <sighs> <laughs> then you know probably younger chris probably would have you you already do the live streams often that's know, true we got, and we got coda radio when things really get kind of wonky with you know mic setup or something like that where we'll vent you're not that far away from doing it you could you even have the whole you, you even have like a the proper studio set up you can bring you have the whole ability to bring guests on and whatever you could do it just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know, you have more than you this time. That's a big difference. Um, I actually think one of the better things we've done over the years is refine the lineup and uh, kind of focus in. I think that's been a good move for us. And, um, you know, because I think this niche is underserved in terms of what we at, where we address, whereas the general technology space and Mac podcasts and tech podcasts, man, there are, there are just millions out there. And we would just be one more in a sea of many. Um, well, you know, I mean, I say that and then watch an episode of thousand will play this clip back and laugh at me because JB will be some big, huge tech podcast empire. But I don't know if I see it right now. Martin DeBoer boosts in with 9,529 sats. Hi, Chris, Wes, and Brent. Happy episode 500. My question for this episode, and Chris, this might be, uh, might be for you here. Which of your former co-hosts are still your friends and do you still talk to them often? I'm thinking about Brian Lunduk, Matt Hartley, Noah Chalaya, and Joe Resington. Best regards from the Netherlands. Oh, all of them, but that Joe Resington guy. No kidding, right? That guy you can't. No, um, I'd say all of them to a degree. I'd, be, I'd probably chat with Joe the most um, and probably Noah still the most. How can two of them be the most? Well, like <laughs> That's in, not how that works. You know, like in terms of like, uh, you know, like actually, or maybe Brian, I don't know. It's like it kind of varies just kind of what everybody's got going on because we're all really busy. So it's not like we're not just like. And you don't make content together, so you don't have like a coordination point to talk. So it's just when it happens. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and here I thought you were going to say you're all just situational friends. So because you don't work together, there's nothing to say. No, we don't. There's actually, we should probably chat more. I mean, there's always inside baseball too. So there is work stuff to talk about, even <laughs> not content related. Don't get me wrong. But then there's also like, you know, because we've all been watching this for a long time, there's sometimes things to kind of chat about there. Um, so it just sort of depends. You know, I, I, I don't really, uh, I am not great at keeping in touch with people outside the shows just because this is really what I'm focused on. But 
they generally will reach out from time to time and I'll, I'll chat with them. Um, it happens. Thank you for the question. I'd love to go to the Netherlands one day. Neural LP boosts in with 9,529 sats and says, congratulations on episode 500. Well, thank you, Neural. And then Hybrid Sarcasm comes in with 9,529 sats. Hey, Chris, I want to hear more about the D merger. I said you could ask anything. I want to I want to know more about the D merger from JB and a cloud guru. Life prevented me from listening just before the acquisition of Linux Academy until about a year ago. So I'm pretty out of the loop. I've listened to Linux Unplugged 368 for the official announcement. Oh, that's nice to know. I wasn't yeah. sure where that was. <laughs> I've also tried to access the uh, I don't know, the D meter fact, uh, but it's vanished. I'm really curious to know more about uh, why you bought JB back. Respecting any NDAs or confidential agreements as you can. As always, thanks for the great content. Wow, that's a big question. The people that don't know the history, uh, about 2018, I went to Texas Linux Fest, as one does, because I love me at the Linux Fest. I love Texas Linux Fest, too. I think it's also one of the greats. I bumped into Anthony at Linux Academy, and we just started talking. And we we basically first started talking about, like, uh, um, ways to take the sponsorship further because they've been a, you know they'd been a sponsor for like at least two years at that point right <clears throat> so we're like well let's talk about this you know maybe we do like a show you know something like that um and as we started talking about like what show we would create and who would be the right people and all that kind of stuff we started but well, i just sort of shifted into well what if what if you guys just came and worked for linux academy and just did the shows you're doing and um you know as somebody who had been going for like 12 years at that point independent but really by the skin of my teeth little did i know actually weeks out from a life-threatening medical issue and i had no health insurance i decided let's do it and the the really great thing was is that to ensure that i remained um to have edit, editorial control i was made a vice president which is a small team back then and so i was put in on the leadership committee and uh got full control over my department they created a new department inside the company and uh that worked out great, and I took the RV down to Linux Academy for, I don't know, it might have been three, four months, parked Lady Jupes in the Linux Academy parking lot, and just worked there as we got the deal figured out. Also, one of those visits, I came down with uh, an exploded appendix, which I ignored for a month after it ruptured, and it began to rot my right hip and leg. And so then once my leg became paralyzed and I couldn't get out of bed, then I finally went into the hospital. But I was working that deal until that moment, and then I ended up in the hospital and kind of set things sideways for a while. And then we finally were able to announce it. And um, I was like, what? I don't know. Was it 2019? I can't remember what year. No, I think that was 2018. Yeah, I think 2018. No, that, that was 2018. But I'm trying to remember when we found out about the acquisition of Cloud Guru. I think that might have been the end of 2019. Yeah, the December. I think it was December 2019 because I bought a domain like a few days before I found out. And so I look at the registration of that domain. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was when, we, that's when we found out about the announcement. And then we were restructured. Uh, you know, into like a sub department and, you know, honestly, for the most part, it was still pretty great. You know, we had a good team. We had a really well oiled production at that standpoint. Um, and so it was just like with all mergers and acquisitions, there's just changes that you make slowly over time. And as we integrated more, I, I kind of came to the realization that podcasting is a full contact sport that requires your absolute focus if you want to do it well. And when a pod, when the podcast is not the product the company makes, but it's one of many and perhaps not even the product that pays the bills, it doesn't get the focus of the business because it isn't how the business survives. It's not a complaint. It is how business works. 
And I had the realization that, oh, in order for these podcasts to get absolute focus and for the bottom line to make or break on the success of the podcast, which is going to, is what the only thing that'll make these podcasts good enough to be successful, like we need them. It has to be the only thing the business cares about. The business has to live and die on the product of the podcast and not on maybe the training material or another thing. And when I had that realization, I knew at that moment, the only way to get there would be to make JB independent again. And so uh, at that point, I begun a lengthy process to get the company back. And, you know, a cloud guru had full ownership of all of the IP. And so um, I'm very grateful that they were willing to negotiate with me and come to a reasonable price and a reasonable agreement that made it possible for us to take back as much as we could. I mean, we really brought everything back except for Linux headlines that remained with a cloud guru, which is no longer running. But, you know, the process was interesting. I've, I've never had to, I mean, I've had to hire a lawyer here and there every now and then. I've never had to hire a team of lawyers. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me tell you, that was a bill we were paying on for a while. And uh, it was a process, but when we were done, uh, it was, uh, it's been totally worth it. I, we, it, it is lean and mean again, but I think uh, in some ways I kind of thrive in that environment. And we're still figuring a few things out even three years later, but um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's how I want to remain forever now. I, it was also, for me, a hugely educational experience because it had been about a decade since I had worked in the business world. So to go back to the business world and kind of get a refresher on a VC-funded company, actually multiple VC-funded companies, and how that changes the business and incentivizes the business and how that whole process works and how business culture works now in the modern era. The dynamics of a larger organization with different departments and priorities. Mm -hmm. It was really educational for me. And that's that's been able to inform commentary for things like Coda Radio for quite a while. So, I mean, that's the gist of it. You know, it's it was a long process to get it back. It was very expensive, but it is worth it. And I plan to do it till I die. So let's, uh, as long as you guys keep the support and listening up, we'll keep making the content. OP1984 comes in with 9,529 sats. In honor of episode 500, let me say, it's been a long road. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I know where this is going. Get <sighs> Wes. <laughs> Wes. Wes. All right. In honor of the episode 500, I'll, I'll, Opie, it's for, this is for you. He says, I'll read the whole thing. He says, it's been a long road getting from here to there. It's been a long road. Or getting from there to here? <laughs> I don't know. I can't stand getting the song. <laughs> it's just not a good Star Trek intro. It's been a long time. No, no. This doesn't scream Star Trek to you. Yeah, something about this doesn't feel like Star Trek, but for you, I'll attempt. I'll attempt. Bug-Eyed Stormtrooper comes in with 8,091 sats. Congratulations on 500. I've been listening since 2018. Here's my first boost. Hey! This is all the sats I've earned on Fountain. And thanks for introducing me to podcasting Toto. I hope this will help enable the next 500 episodes. Uh, P.S. I'm near Eureka River, Alberta, Canada. Hey. Oh, man. Beautiful. And the Coda robe is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet. Snuggle in. Snuggle in. Mouse down Mike boosted in again. What? Hey, hey. Cessna Mike, hello. Four, three, two, one, sats. My first <laughs> boost is a countdown to the big event. Pew, pew, pew. If that works, I did it without 
tying in my bank info. Hey, nice. Cash app loaded with actual cash to buy Bitcoin, and that was transferred to Albi and boosted on Podverse. Finger crossed. Mike, I think you got the setup. Nicely Slick. done. KYC stands for Know Your Customer, which is uh, U.S. banking regulations, which make the whole signing up to buy the sats initially a bit of a pain in the butt. CB also boosted in with 4321 sats. Happy 500. Well, thank you, CB. Appreciate the boost. TYR with 3,000 sats boosted in. Happy 500 episodes. I've gotten a lot out of listening to Linux Unplugged and had inspired me to create this. I wanted my first Python and GitHub project to be ready for episode 500. The code works, just not as polished as I would have liked. The project is a headless peer tube seeder that can run in a Docker container. Just put the channel's <laughs> API URL in Docker Compose as an environment variable. Any help from the community would be great. And please send in your recommendations. They are appreciated as I am a noob. This is so great. Just what we needed. So we've been talking on the show about a way to headlessly seed our peer tube stream to add a little bit extra in the areas where maybe other listeners are not yet streaming. Uh, you know, choose the seed a little. Yeah. This is so great. This is so great. That's this like is a wonderful gift. This is really great. Um, if if you want to get involved with this, we'll have a link in the show notes. And this is a Python script that uses Selenium and Firefox to monitor and seed live streams from our peer tube channel. And uh, that could be a great way to just donate a little bandwidth, maybe from a spare VPS that you have, or maybe you got a great connection. And we'd be uh, especially grateful for people around the world that could help some of our remote viewers that um, establish establish a Jupiter outpost, perhaps. Yeah, thank you. As it TYR, you think it's tire? Thank you, sir. Really appreciate the boost and really appreciate the project. We will link that in the notes. Grounded grid boosts in with twenty six hundred sets. In episode 499, someone else boosted my favorite number of sats to boost. But it seemed like nobody got the reference. Mm. For those that don't know, 2600 hertz was the frequency tone to reset a trunk line and make free long-distance calls. Awesome. Captain Crunch was the nickname of John Draper, who figured out that you could make the right frequency with the plastic whistle that came in a box of Captain Crunch cereal. Just dial any free 1-800 number fiddle with your whistle to reset the line, and then dial the actual number you really wanted to call. <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe I missed that. You know, I was thinking about the cereal, and then I was thinking about Captain Kangaroo, and I never even thought about the original phone hacking stuff. So good. Thank you for pointing that out. Can't believe we missed that. I'm glad we got that correction in. Chori, the hellhound boosts in with 2,500 <laughs> sets. Don't laugh over there. That's so good. Congratulations on reaching episode 500. Here's to another 500 more. Hey, oh, thank you. It may not be much, but I thought 2,500 sats was a good amount to chip in. Also, I do slightly apologize for the Linus Tech Tips diss, but I still think you produce better content. You actually make Linux fun, and I am grateful for each episode you produce. Well, thank you. We're grateful for the boost. Oh, another mascot boost from the Golden Dragon with a row of ducks. On the Wi-Fi issue, that was why I went back to Windows when I initially attempted to switch way back in college. The network drivers just weren't quite up to snuff as they mostly are now. Hope to be in quiet listening, maybe making a comment or two on air <laughs> on 500. Thanks for another wonderful show. I see the Golden Dragon in there. Hello, Golden. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. See you going around in the chat room, too. You're a busy man while you're listening. What's your setup over there? You got multiple monitors? Are you doing all this on one screen? 
Yeah, I've got uh, three monitors. Hey. <laughs> I've, I've got the crazy setup at home. Well, thank you for the boosts. We appreciate it. In fact, there was uh, another part of that oh, One more note here. Uh, 2,223 sets. It's like a slightly upgraded duck row. Quack. On the packaging issue, I just don't quite understand the need for so many package types. Could be my less than 10 years Linuxing, but anyway. No, no, no. No, you never will. No, you just... You gotta let it go. Human's gonna human. They're gonna scratch the itches. And uh, maybe they're not scratching the itch you want, but this is the way it goes. And it's not necessarily a bad thing either, because that's how we find more creative solutions to problems, and we all learn from each other. Agreed. Right. Faraday Fedora comes in with a row of ducks. Chris, your story on how you started JB and your passion for Linux mirrors how I felt when I first started listening. Back in 2019, my gaming PC decided to let the magic smoke out. Aww. Oh, man. All I had was an old 32-bit era laptop. I was struggling to keep up with Windows. I did some research and I found Linux. After installing it, I was amazed by how the old computer was just able to be usable again with endless possibilities. Shortly okay. after that, I found JB, and my excitement for computers was reignited. Uh, they continue with, uh, what do you call it? Some fat ducks? What do you call the with a three in there? <laughs> Upgraded duck row. Upgraded. It's not. I like fat ducks better. Yeah, that's comes with some fat with a fat duck. Uh, On the topic of AntennaPod, I can't wait for them to add value for value. I've been using Fountain for a week. I sure do miss AntennaPod's polish and features. But on the bright side, I'm supporting the podcast I love. Yeah, it took me. I'm not gonna lie. It took me a month to fully switch over to a podcasting app or so. Uh, to podcasting 2.0 app. And first, I did Fountain, and then I did Podverse because you know GPL. You know, there are times where I still miss my old podcast apps. But I'm also very excited about the future and where it's going. AntennaPod needs someone to help close the gap on integrating the Albi support. You know, it's one of those things they're not opposed to, but they need somebody to do the work. It's a free software project. You know, it's just how it goes. That would be pretty killer. Yeah. HDL comes in with a row of ducks. If I could, I'd send you 500 ducks. I would. Happy 500 episode. Oh, we could have like ducks that live at the studio? Wouldn't that be something? I kind of want chickens, although I know it's a horrible idea. I still kind of want chickens. Uh, we got some live boosts while we're doing the show, too. Uh, Trom boosted in and said happy 500 again for the second time. Uh, we got uh, also another boost from him, which is great, saying the same thing. I uh, just wanted to say it twice. Deleted came in, said I don't get to listen live often, but for this episode, I made a paint. I made a point. But sadly, the tech gods have frowned upon me. The live stream only lasted about 15 seconds. See, Deleted needs somebody in his area. See? Oh, yeah. Yikes. Get that Jupiter tube support. But he wanted to boost in anyways. You know, uh, deleted, we have jblive.fm. So if you're ever having bandwidth issues and you want to tune in live, jblive.fm is a great way to kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Logic boosted in saying congrats on episode 500. And Lee Tux boosted in saying happy 500. Been listening for over a year. Flack FM boosted in with 54,000 sats. Congratulations on episode 500 from Poland. I've been listening nonstop for a few years now. It's amazing to be part of such a great community. 500 finally made me cave and set up the boost stuff. Thanks for that. <laughs> and thank you for all your uh, contributions to the website and other projects. Dan Johansson comes in again with sixty with 6,760 sats. I'll get these numbers right. Since some people started boosting with their zip codes, I'll contribute mine. I don't live in the States. I live in Denmark. So the boost, account, so the boost amount is my zip here. <laughs> oh, all right. Did you look it up, Wes? Did you look it up? I'm looking it up. But, it, uh, I'm getting Washington. Are you getting Washington when you look it up? That's weird. No. Maybe Dan's uh, in the building. Lustrup? Hmm. Here it says he's in the living room. I don't know. That's weird. I can't. I don't know. 
Uh, and then Linux Teamster came in with a zip boost, 19,135, which uh, appears to be in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, we need a Philly meetup. I hope it's sunny over there. I hope it's sunny over there. Thank you, everybody who supported. If I missed your boost, uh, that was a human error, most likely, just because it kind of got away from me. Please let me know, and I'll try to do a make good. And if you'd like to support the show for 500 I think one of the easiest ways these days is go to getalby.com. You grab that really great open source project with a good team behind it. You top it off with some sats, either directly or using something like the Cash App. And then you can boost from the podcast index, or you can use Podverse. And I believe if Pod ever gets it together and does support value for value, it'll also be using Albi is the plan. So it's kind of nice because then it's shared between all those different places. And uh, I, I like it. I really think it's good software. So get Albi.com for that. And then you can boost from the podcast index or try out the future. Go get a new podcast app and upgrade to a podcasting 2.0 app because I think they're pretty slick. Thank you, everybody who boosted in. We really appreciate it. So we were ready for the announcement, the second announcement. I think it's time. <clears throat> kept everybody waiting long enough this is something we're trying i mean you know this is a little bit more in the beta phase but you know at episode 500 it seemed like the perfect opportunity to announce a new program perhaps in our effort to take on twit and i want to play a clip for you today and i'd like to get your feedback uh, assuming it goes well hello and welcome to the first episode of windows unplugged the show where we talk all things windows i'm chris fisher and i'm joined by my co-hosts wes Payne and brent gervais Hello. Hello, Chris. I'm excited for the new show. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, you heard that right. We've gone to the dark side and we're using Windows now. We've got a lot of interesting topics to cover. But before we get started, let's say hello to our longtime friend of the show and host of Coder Radio, Michael Dominic. Misa back and Misa friends now with Darth Windows. Well, that wasn't my best Jar Jar. It sounded a bit robotic and fake. But alas, he has gone to the dark side, as have we all. Yes, we have. In fact, I've put Windows on all the machines here in the studio, including the OBS system. Wait, what? Oh, hey, Neil. Why on earth did you guys do that? I don't know. Figured it was time for a change. Kind of got tired of Linux and the whole open source scene. Do you have any thoughts on Windows, Neil? Oh, yes, I do. We tried switching to Windows over here a few years ago, and it was a complete disaster. We're talking entire departments offline for days at a time. Oh, no, that doesn't sound good. No way. What happened? Wow. Okay, hold on to those thoughts, and I'll bring you into the show after we get started. Okay, Wes and Brentley and Mike, are you guys ready to go? I'm going to get the commercial streams going. All right, let's do a quick four count. One, two, three, four. 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 Nicely done. Oh, hang on a sec. This isn't looking good. I think OBS might be frozen. I'm withholding any negative comments about Windows I may or may not have bouncing around in my head. Have you tried Control-Alt-Delete? I might have to give it the old Falcon Strike. Well, I don't know if that'll be enough. You might have to break out the big guns and go for the Phoenix Strike. Oh, no. The OBS system just blue-screened on me. That's not good. No, it's not. Well, we can't really start the show without the OBS machine. Wes? Did we just lose Wes? I can't hear him, and his stream is frozen. Just got a text from him. He says his system just blue-screened and isn't booting. I have to say, I've used Windows extensively in the past and haven't seen things go this sideways so fast. Wait, no, no, no. I didn't ask you to reboot for update. I think we just lost Michael, too. Yeah, this is getting ridiculous now. I don't think we can start the show. Guys, 
I think we lost everyone. No, I'm still here, but I'm not using Windows. How is it that I'm the only one with no issues? I think this is a first. Well, there you have it, everyone. The first and only ever Windows Unplugged episode from Jupiter Broadcasting. Happy 500. See you next week on Linux. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man. Brent, uh, before we give our reactions, tell us who sent that in, would you? Yeah, Chris Blasco sent this in. He's been sending us in these little teasers of what AI can do for us and uh, shares a little bit about how he did it this time. He says, before I get too much credit for combing through hours of audio and transcribing it all, this time I used 11 Labs AI. The results I got with uh, just a couple minutes of audio for each speaker and absolutely zero transcribing needed. Each word was generated from some text and all the intonations and emotional expressions were inferred by the AI. I simply ran the text-to-speech multiple times with different words and punctuations to get the results I really wanted. That's really great. Um, we got such a hoot out of that. And uh, in the show notes, we have a link for a very impressive demo of that software. But what, I, what Chris did there was what I think the, the sweet spot was, is that legitimately sounded like something we would all do. And 100%. I think he nailed Neil. I, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, oh my gosh. Yeah. It actually, like... I'm scared now. That was a pretty good audio deepfake. I know. I know. And Minimec was pretty close yeah. too, right? Yeah. Even down to the garbled like microphone <laughs> output. I, I think we found our backup crew. Yeah. Well, I wonder, like by episode 1000, could you just launch the Windows Unplugged podcast and it's just run by those? That We just basically have to script it. Chris, yeah, just we'll teach review us how. the scripts. I, I am curious of one thing, though. What was the samples he used to deep fake Chris's voice? Because it sounds a lot like from back in the, you know, like 10 years ago when you had that, the crappy mic that didn't capture the lows super well. Before I had the kids. He did actually, he told us a little bit about that, right, Brent? Um, yes, he did. Did, did he? Did you I, not grab that? Thing? No, I didn't. Uh, let me let me go grab it quickly. Sorry, I just did it. To, no, I just did to <laughs> him what I, yeah, yeah, what I, I gave him a hard time you, doing to me. You're just getting me back for uh, <laughs> previous. Well, he, he wrote in and he explained that uh, he used old samples that he'd generated the first time he started sending something right. in and uh, he'd kind of, you know, improved his style. But by saving time, I imagine, by just using the old samples for me. That explains a lot because, like, those sounded like clips from before you actually had a proper studio and that your your voice was just not as well captured. I I found it to be reassuring that the AI couldn't quite get me. Like, Oh, no, that's oh. a great thing. I am freaked because of how well that yeah. that sounds for me. Right. Yeah. But also, it's not exactly like I'm working in the best auditory environment. So there's that, too. It's like a new mode for meetings. So you go from like not even having your camera on to like just typing what you want to say. Yeah. And then it does the voice, too. And I'll just have chat ChatGPT do that part. So I don't even have to do that part. ChatGPT has got it covered. <laughs> I noticed there was one clip of Wes in there that it sounded like he was on the bridge of the Enterprise or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's just downtown Seattle traffic. I'm not sure. That can sometimes be accurate. It just yeah, depends on the show. That is true. A lot of fun. Uh, but I think we still have a few bugs to work out. So we're going to hit pause on launching that show. We'll wait a little bit. I think that's we're going to probably call that off. Uh, we'll maybe we'll refactor it and back come back in episode 1000. And, you know, we have some research to do, clearly. I mean, yeah. Manage those blue screens. I mean, you can't record a windows podcast on linux so we're gonna have to sort that out you know what i mean this has been a lot of fun everybody it's been great to celebrate 500 episodes with you um i don't know if we'll make a big stink about 10 we might mention the 10 year mark we generally forget 
So you no, you have, don't. You probably have to remind us. <laughs> yeah, no, really, I do. Like, you, did, you did not forget the 10-year mark for all the other shows. You're not forgetting it for this one. Well, it's because usually somebody reminds me. You know? We'll be distracted <laughs> trying to come up with content. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? We love it when you guys join us live. Great showing today. And of course, you're always welcome to hang out with us on a Sunday. We do it live at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern over at Jupiter.tube. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. And it's always a good time. Either way. You can always get the episodes published when they're ready at linuxunplugged.com or jupiterbroadcasting.com. Our RSS feeds are there as well as our contact forms. It's always a good way to catch a show, even if you don't want to catch it live. I understand. You can download it. Like 99.8% of you. I get it. We save it to disk for that (laughs) exact reason. (laughs) Drew's like, yeah, please keep downloading. Please keep downloading. (laughs) A big thank you to Drew, too, for editing the show. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) 